turn your radios off. It's about to be lit. It's going down. It's crazy. It's louder than high school holla. Hold your airwaves, Hoster. Nothing can stop me. I'm all the way up. Holla! Chicago! Had to hold it a little longer on this Saturday morning edition of the H2S2 High School Holler Sports Show. I'm Stephen Spoon Ramsey, repping for the great class of 1988. And welcoming all of those from across the city of Chicago and all the surrounding areas to the best show in Chicago for high school sports. You want to know why I held the intro so long? It's because we not only have one... But two Chicago Public Schools competing this afternoon and this evening for back-to-back state championships. Big hollers out to Coach Nick Irvin and the Morgan Park Mustangs competing in about another hour for their back-to-back title in IHSA Class 3A Boys Basketball Championship game. And Coach Tyrone Slaughter and the Whitney Young Dolphins doing the same thing, competing later on this evening for their back-to-back title run in the IHSA Class 4A Boys Basketball Championship game. It all started with who else? Big hollers out to Coach Lou Adams and the Orr Spartans making history over on the city's west side. If you hadn't heard, the Orr Spartans captured their second IHSA Class 2A Boys Basketball Championship. That started off what we're going to see later on this afternoon and this evening. They also became the first school on the city's west side to win back-to-back championships. So thank you, Coach Lou Adams and the Orr Spartans for repping for the city of Chicago and I just gotta say no matter what they try to do we always got a school in the running that's all I'm gonna say now if you're a parent and you have a little football player out there the 12th annual Windy City Football Clinic is taking place right now at Herbert High School 6200 South Hamlin U of I head coach Levy Smith is there along with some other college coaches and speakers teaching the young men some basics in football and other skilled positions so we hope you go out and take part in that this afternoon the clinic is courtesy of the Chicago Public League Football Coaches Association so let's support our area high school football coaches on today's show we have another game of the week it's the rematch that carries much on so many levels it was the battle between two of the best schools in the public league they battled it out in chicago super sectionals the whitney young dolphins took on the Simeon wolverines our h2s2 boys basketball game of the week we'll review that one we introduce you to another Chicago area coach from the city's west side, Alonzo Crowder, head basketball coach of Crane Medical High School Cougars, our special guest on the Coach's Chatter. We have another edition of our newest segment, The Ones to Watch. We introduce you to the principal and girls head basketball coach of Irvin C. Mullison Elementary School, who recently won a championship in CPS score program. You can holler at us on our social media network, Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, at Urban Fieldhouse. Also, give us the thumbs up on our Facebook page, the High School Holler Sports Show. We'd love to receive a thumbs up from you. We know some of the student athletes around the city of Chicago are preparing for a spring signing day. So, if you are an athletic director or a student athlete planning to have a signing day event at your school or somewhere, let us know the details and we'd love to come out and cover it and celebrate with you. 
Holler at us directly on any of our social media links And we'll come on out there and have a party with you When we return, it's the rematch of two of the elite teams From the Public League Red Conference It's the Whitney Young Dolphins repping the Red Northwest Taking on the Simeon Wolverines repping for the Red South This time, it's for the chance to return to the state finals Details from the IHSA Chicago Super Sectional Next on the H2S2 Show Yo, 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 what's up? Are you a sports fan? Do you want to impress your family and friends with the knowledge of the game while in the stands or roaming the sidelines? Well, the High School Hall of Sports Show is looking for you. We are seeking dedicated students from all over Chicago and the suburban high school area to join the H2S2 Sports Reporting Crew. If you want to be a part of the H2S2 Reporting Crew, here's what you need to do. Send an email to H2S2 at UrbanFieldHouseMedia.com. Again, that's H2S2 at UrbanFieldHouseMedia.com. And in the subject line type i want to join h2s2 reporting crew and in 100 words or less tell us about your high school pride and your high school mascot and which team you would like to represent every email will be reviewed so don't hesitate or wait here's the chance to join h2s2 reporting crew and to get signed up for your school because you never know if we will be at your school next tune in every saturday to the high school holla sports show Are you looking for ways to reach new audiences and increase your clientele? Then let Urban Fieldhouse Media help you. We provide great packages that will allow your business to grow by serving as one of our sponsorship partners with any of our shows, such as the one you are listening to now. If you are interested in becoming a sponsorship partner, please contact Urban Fieldhouse Media at 312-772-5003 or by email at info at urbanfieldhousemedia.com for further information on our rate packages. We have opportunities for all size businesses, both local and national to grow by reaching diverse audiences through our creative programming. So join us today and let's grow together. High School Holla. Let's go. 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 Welcome back to the High School Holla Sports Show. Time now for our boys basketball H2S2 Game of the Week review. Brought to you by our friends at 100 Watt Lights. Gear and accessories with artwork designed with a positive message inspired to protect the children. Find out more about them and their organization at their website. The number 100 W-A-T-L-I-G-H-T-S dot org. 100 wattlightsorg The official sponsor of the H2S2 Basketball Game of the Week. Let's see. We covered a few games in Class 1A all the way to the sectional. We covered a few games leading to Orr's back-to-back run to claim the Class 2A championship. Last week, we covered our second game in the Class 3A sectional semifinals. So this week, Chicago has two schools left in Class 4A Boys Basketball State Tournament. And I'll get to my feelings about that in a moment. It so happened that they would have to play one another at the IHSA Boys Basketball Class 4A Chicago Super Sectional that took place earlier this week at Chicago State University. Coach Rob Smith and his Simeon Wolverines took on Coach Tyrone Slaughter and his Whitney Young Dolphins. The winner had an opportunity to advance to the state finals in Peoria, Illinois at the Carver Center Arena. The same place 
where these two teams last met for a state championship in Class 4A. This game carried a lot of storylines and tension to go with it. These two last met in February with the Wolverines winning it in the Public League semifinals, which if you were keeping count, even things out as the Wolverines were going to win back-to-back city championships, score that one for Simeon. Prior to that, the Whitney Young Dolphins beat the Wolverines in the Class 4A state championship, earning the school's third state title. Score that one for Whitney Young. Which brings us to our boys basketball game of the week, which we will call the tiebreaker. Each team winning the championship at the expense of the other. Now, this game would decide who gets to represent Chicago in the state final. We go right to the jump ball. The Simeon Wolverines would win the tip, but lost the ball out of bounds to the Whitney Young Dolphins. And at the 740 mark in the first quarter, Dolphins senior Javon Freeman scores the game's first points from the free throw line. That was followed up by a strong drive to the basket by Miles Baker to give the Dolphins an early four-zip lead. The player of the year from the Public League, Simeon Senior Taylor Horton Tucker, jump starts the scoring for the Wolverines with a short-range jumper, putting two on the board for the Simeon's first points of the game. The Dolphins capitalized with another two points from the line by Senior Xavier Castaneda. Dolphins up by four, six to two. The Wolverines answered back with three straight baskets started with a bank shot from senior Horton Tucker and followed that up with back-to-back baskets from junior Kawan Clements who bangs a three-pointer and a layup off of a no-look pass from Bakari Simmons. The two teams would trade baskets at the end of the first quarter with the final scores coming from the Dolphins' Miles Baker and a final shot by the Wolverines' Kawan Clements, which further placed the Wolverines over the Dolphins 22-15 headed into the second quarter. The Whitney Young Dolphins get the ball to start the second quarter. The Dolphins score at the very exact same time they did in the first quarter, 740 mark, by junior Miles Baker, who scores the first points of the quarter. That would be answered by senior Messiah Jones scoring two points inside for the Wolverines first points of the second quarter. The Dolphins would answer back with four straight buckets, starting with senior Javon Freeman. One of his two buckets with was a sweet finger roll. Xavier Castaneda from the outside with a break three-pointer. And sophomore Tyler Bird with a steal and a score off of Wolverine's inbound pass to take back the lead up by two, 26-24, Dolphins. The Wolverines will continue to battle through a rough quarter with senior talent Horton Tucker tying things up off of a steal and a score to tie everything at 26. The Wolverines would claim a one-point lead after junior Kawan Clements would convert one out of two free throws. The Wolverines are up 27 to 26. The two teams would end the quarter trading baskets to go into half with the Simeon Wolverines leading the Whitney Young Dolphins 30 to 29. The leading scorers for both teams at the half for Simeon Wolverines, senior Tyler Horton Tucker with 14 points and senior Javon Freeman for the Whitney Young Dolphins with 9 points.
Now after the break, we'll take a look at the second half of our H2S2 Boys Basketball Game of the Week featuring the Simeon Wolverines who lead the Whitney Young Dolphins 30-29 on the High School Holler Sports Show. Who do I play for? I play high school basketball for every baller who ever played a pickup game on the driveway, playground, or alley. Because we all share the same dream. I play for buzzer beaters, big time boards, and Marion Rainmakers. I play high school basketball for the chance to put my hometown in Illinois on the map by playing in a state championship. Only one half of 1% of all high school student athletes play basketball in college. But all 100% of them become adults. That's why playing basketball in their high school team is so important. High school athletes learn life lessons that help them grow up. Lessons that can't be taught in the classroom and often aren't taught at home. I play high school basketball because I love performing in front of a capacity crowd in my hometown gym. This message presented by the Illinois High School Association and the Illinois Athletic Directors Association. Welcome back to the H2S2 show and our boys basketball game of the week review brought to you once again by our friends at 100 Watt Lights. Remember, you can find out more about them and their effort to protect the children by visiting their website at the number 100 W-A-T-L-I-G-H-T-S dot org. We head into the third quarter with the Simeon Wolverines leading the Whitney Young Dolphins by one, 30 to 29. The Wolverines will get first possession and one point from the free throw line thanks to senior Messiah Jones, 31 to 29 is the score. After that, the Dolphins would see junior Miles Baker drop in two three-pointers to answer, giving the Dolphins the lead, 35 to 31. Senior Taylor Horton Tucker would drive and score on a reverse layup to keep things close, 35-33. That would be the last score for the Wolverines for about 2 minutes and 43 seconds, while the Dolphins would score 8 straight points with a 3-pointer from senior Justin Boyd and Xavier Castaneda, and another 2 points by Javon Freeman. The Wolverines would revisit the scoreboard within the final 2 minutes of the third quarter, thanks to senior and junior combination of Tyler Horton Tucker and junior Kawan Clemens. While the last score of the quarter was from the Wolverine senior Xavier Pinson with five seconds left on the clock, he's fallen to the floor and scores two more. The Whitney Young Dolphins will still lead the Simeon Wolverines by three, 44 to 41, headed into the fourth quarter. The fourth quarter would see some other players come up big for both squads as the game would get physical and fast-paced. The teams would trade off points from all places on the floor, the free throw line, baskets from inside the paint, and outside from the three-point land. The physical play would eventually wear on the Simeon Wolverines, who would see their X-Factor senior Xavier Pinson forced to leave the game having fouled out. That would leave the door open for senior Zion Young, who would enter the game and come through with a few big three points throughout the quarter. His last one, which tied the game up with a minute and 22 seconds left to play at 55 points apiece. The Dolphins seniors would show their leadership 
and no stress. The final seconds after both teams trade out free throws, the Dolphins down by three points, 60 to 57, and 25.9 seconds left to play. Senior Jake Kozowski bangs a three-pointer from the corner to tie the game and send things into overtime. The Simeon Wolverines three-pointer would be missed by Tyler Horton Tucker, and in the four-minute overtime, the Simeon Wolverines would win the tip and would be unable to score. The Dolphins would place the ball in the hands of their senior, Javon Freeman, who would score the first points of overtime to give the Dolphins a 62-60 to lead. It would be answered by the Wolverines' Horton Tucker with a two-point jumper tying the game up at 62 apiece. The Dolphins would play the clock, stalling, and then releasing their X-Factor, Xavier Castaneda, with a drive down the lane for another two points to go up by 64-62. to Senior Zion Young would score another two points for the Wolverines off a saved ball by Dolphins' Jake Kozłowski tying the game at 64 apiece. The final minute of the game would favor the Dolphins from the free throw line as turnovers by the Wolverines would force them to have to foul. The Dolphins would convert their shots from the line and the final points being scored by senior Javon Freeman to send the Whitney Young Dolphins back to Peoria with a 71-66 overtime win over the Simeon Wolverines. Here's our post-game interviews with the Dolphins head coach Tyrone Slaughter and seniors Xavier Castaneda, Justin Boyd, and Javon Freeman, along with a special guest, his uncle, 1987 Mr. Basketball of Illinois and King Jaguar great Marcus Liberty. Check him out. Steven Spoon Ramsey here at the IHSA Chicago Super Sectional game between the Whitney Young Dolphins and the Simeon Wolverines. We're joined now with the head coach of the Dolphins, Tyrone Slaughter. What a game. Overtime win for you guys. Yeah, you know, uh, we played an outstanding team out there tonight uh, with some phenomenal players, the player of the year and Taylor Horton. You know, we played them the first game. We missed, you know, 38 shots. We only made 18. Uh, we turned the ball over a, a ton of times tonight. Our guys got better shots. We took care of the ball. But most importantly, we played a, a bit of better job defensively. Not so much against Taylor. He was going to get points. We made all of his shots and his points difficult, but we were able to limit the other people. And tonight, I think our guys uh, kind of grew up. When you prepare for a game like this, knowing the tendencies of, of Coach Smith, what do you guys do to prepare. When you play at this level with these guys and you play them and you know them and, and Coach and I are very good friends, we know what they do, they know what we do. And as I tell our guys all the time, if they do what they do better than what we do, we're going to lose. Our guys, we knew what they did and, and our job was to try to defend it, but most importantly was for us to try to do what we do. With a one-point difference at the half, where did you come in the locker room and tell the guy? Well, I, we told him we were in better shape than we were the last time that we played it, but most importantly, we were down by one because we made a couple of uh, careless turnovers. We just had to continue to do the things that we did, and we made a couple little, little adjustments at halftime, but nothing major because what we were doing was actually working. It was just a matter of doing more of it. Big momentum in the third quarter. You guys controlled most of the quarter. They only had about two buckets. What do you contribute that to? I think it's a lot of. I think it's a combination of two things. We had some really good offensive sets where we got shots at the basket without. We were able to get uh, Messiah away from the rim, so he couldn't protect it. Put him in some situations where he had to guard. And then the other part was we actually defended them, and we think we wore them down. That that's what we are. We we're going to run, and we wanted to just put the pressure on defensively and offensively. I think that helped us. 
Talk about the fourth quarter overall. What did you think about that, that fast pace? That's the way we want to play, and, you know, we trained all year to be able to play at that pace, and, and our guys came out and delivered, so I, I don't have anything to say, but uh, kudos to those young men in that locker room. You had another game that you won in overtime. What did that experience help you guys? Conditioning, conditioning, period. Our, our conditioning, we believe, is best in the state, so as a result of that, we were able to, kind of, you know, make plays at the end. They took some really difficult shots that we managed to clean up, and that was ball game. Talk about the players, Javon and Xavier. Those guys are seniors, and they deserve to do what they do. They are their state champions. Very little credit all through the year, but this is their time. And, and our teams historically have gotten better at the end of the year, and those guys did that tonight. Well, when you talk about their play, you got to talk about the hustle of Big Jake, the big fella. Jake has been outstanding over the last three games, and all he has to do is go out and fight with Messiah as much as he could, and he did that tonight. And you guys are headed down state, coach, to the state finals. What did you tell the team after? Uh, that's not what we came for. We didn't come for this game. We came for the next two games. Well, what do you want to tell the Whitney Young fans who came out? Thanks so very much, and as always, we enjoy having our family support us. All right, well, good luck downstate. Thank you very much. High School Holla. Joined now with one of the main factors as the Whitney Young Dolphins defeated the Simeon Wolverines in overtime, Xavier Castaneda. And how does it feel actually going back? Uh, it feels great, you know, for us to come, come back here and, and be able to beat Simeon and go back downstate. It feels great, but, uh, you know, the job's still not done, so we got work to do. Coming into this ball game, you guys won it last year in the same type of game. You Earlier this season, you guys lost one to them. Coming into the day, what was the mindset? Uh, you know, just take it like any other game. Uh, just relax. Everybody might be a little a little hyper coming into the game, but everybody settled in, and uh, we were able to get the W. Even though we, we played them before, lost by a couple points, uh, we knew we had work to do. We got back in the gym, and, and we're back here, and we won, so we're glad right now. Last few wins been in overtime. How has that experience helped you guys? There's nothing. Me and my teammates, we're all tough, so we run, we do this, so there's nothing to us. How does it feel this journey versus last year? Uh, it feels great, but uh, to, to be able to do this as a senior and as, a, as one of the leaders of this team, it feels great. Now you got a former teammate who's going down to Dallas to compete with Loyola and Lucas Williamson. Feel about that? You, are you anxious to see how you, how you perform? Yeah, 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 that's my boy. I hope he does, I hope he does good, man. All right, yeah. well, man, great game, and good luck downstairs. I appreciate it. High School Holla. Joined now with one of the players in the win for the Whitney Young Dolphins, Mr. Boyd. He came up big, man, popping threes and everything. How does this win feel? I mean, this win feels great. We still moving on. We still not, we still got things to do. So we just, we going to celebrate this moment now. But when it comes down to it, we got to uh, get focused again. You know, Justin, talk about the experience of this journey versus last year. I mean, last year was kind of my first go around going through that whole process of going down state. And since we won last year, I was mentored by a great person by Lucas. So he put me in his shoes so I can help us get back to where we want to go. And speaking of Lucas, we got our former teammate going down in the NCAA March Madness. How does that feel to have a Whitney Young Dolphin represent? That's, I mean, Lucas, my guy. I love that man. So just to see him and his team doing great things in, in March Madness, it's just a great thing to see. Did you get to talk to him at all? No, me and Lucas talk all the time. It's like but my brother that's from another mother base. That's my guy. <laughs> we wish you all the best of luck downstate, man, and great game, Justin. Thank you, thank you. Whitney Young Dolphins won a big one over the Simeon Wolverines in overtime. I'm joined now, none other than Javon Freeman and his uncle Marcus Liberty. And we're going to ask a few questions between the two of them. Javon, how do you feel? feel great. We're going back downstate. Talk about the journey this year versus last year. 
Uh, this year we just got a new mentality, but each year around this time, we take it up a notch around in March, so we know what we have to do and come out here and win. Coach Slaughter says that you guys are the most conditioned team in the state, and how does that happen in, in an overtime win such as these? Yeah, that's right, because at this time of the year, we're still running while they probably just practice We're running every day in practice, that's a lot. Talk about down the stretch, this is the type of ball games that people like yourself live for. To have the ball in your hand down the stretch, what was the mentality for you? To just be a leader on the court and a coach. So I have to like tell my teammates where to be at and where to go. Talk about how great it is to have your uncle head courtside. It's real good. I missed him. I ain't seen him in a minute. Well, let's talk to him. None other than Marcus Liddy. Marcus, talk about how great it is to see a nephew perform like he did today. Man, it's awesome. He's a team player. You know, Javon can take over game if he wants to, but he is a team player. He's been had that. He had that mentality since he was a little kid. I told him never lose because it's gonna take you far. And once he figures it out, as far as the jump shot go, he's gonna be unstoppable. What type of advice can you offer your nephew, having one of yourself, and now he's headed for his second? No, always stay humble. Uh, appreciate the things that you're doing out there on the court, and uh, continue to work hard because uh, state championships they don't go anywhere. I mean, you can. Be marked in the history books uh, of, of winning back-to-back -back state championships and uh, and I didn't do that you know uh, I won only one and uh, I'm very proud of him and that's why I came out to support him and I can't wait to see what's next on the college level. Did he know you were coming or was this a surprise for him? It was a surprise I didn't tell him I didn't tell him uh, I, I told my sister I didn't want it I didn't want that, that pressure on him that, that, that he had to show out in front of me and uh, he showed his toughness and uh, like I said man I, I'm, I'm proud of the kid. Marcus, we're proud to see him, and we see that you are here supporting him. But I gotta say this: thank you for the memories, my brother. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Number love. High school holla. Now, congratulations to the Whitney Young Dolphins who played last night the final game of the night in Peoria for the state semifinals against the Everson Township Wildkits, the same team who they happened to knock off in the state super sectionals last year to get to this point. The Dolphins would win 62-56 over the Evanston Township Wildcats. Now, the Whitney Young Dolphins win places yet another Chicago Public School in contention for back-to-back -back state championships, which all started with the Or Spartans in Class 2A last week. Coach Tyrone Slaughter and the Whitney Young Dolphins will take on the Belleville West High School Maroons tonight at 7.15. The Morgan Park Mustangs, who played earlier Friday, advanced to their second consecutive championship game as Class 3A defending champs. Coach Nick Irvin and the Morgan Park Mustangs took on Coach Mike Taylor and the Marion Catholic Spartans out of Chicago Heights. The Morgan Park Mustangs beating the Marion Catholic Spartans by 17, 68 to 51. The Mustangs were led by senior Cam Burrell, who led all scorers in the game with 22 points, 10 rebounds, and 2 blocks, along with seniors Kayan Doolin with 14 points, Ayo DeSamino with 13 points, and Tamil Pearson with 10 points, and sophomore Adam Miller rounded things off with 9 points of his own. It's the Morgan Park Mustangs against Springfield Southeast Spartans. Let's see if the Mustangs 
can make it a clean sweep against anything that's a Spartan playing in Peoria. Let's stand up, Chicago, as our last two Chicago Public League schools attempt to make it a trifecta of back-to-back state champions from Chicago. The Morgan Park Mustangs, Coach Nick Irvin, the Whitney Young Dolphins, and Coach Tyrone Slaughter repping for the city of Chicago. Now, I know with all those alumni out there in the city of Chicago, these two schools, somebody having a watch party. Holla at your boy. The H2S2, we like to party. We send prayers and blessings out to those young men repping for the public league in the city of Chicago. Good luck to both of those teams. Stay with us. Up next, we sit down with Crane Medical High School head basketball coach Alonzo Crowder. It's a great in-depth conversation with another Chicago high school coach. You don't want to miss it. Coming up on the H2S2 Show. Praise the Lord. Need life? Get Life and Life Church on every Sunday morning at 9.30 a.m. or weekly Bible study on Wednesday at 7 p.m. at the Homewood Suites located at 16245 South LaGrange, Orland Park, Illinois. Come and enjoy our life worship experience where you will be blessed by our anointed worship team and receive an inspiring message from Senior Pastor Isaac B. Green. Every Sunday, we have a special reception for our guests. Because once you visit life, you are no longer a guest, but a friend for life. Our mission is to change the world one life at a time by living in faith every day. We look forward to worshiping with you in Life Church, Homewood Suites, Orland Park, Illinois. High School Holla. Welcome back to the High School Holler Sports Show. Time now for another edition of Coaches Chatter, where we talk to Chicago area coaches about their experiences inside and outside of the sports that they coach. We also give you, our listeners, another perspective of Chicago High School athletics and how you might further be able to support area athletic programs, along with men and women that coach them. Coach's Chatter is being brought to you by Robin Patrice, a trend-setting and one-of-a-kind online store offering first-rate products and exceptional customer service to shoppers from the comfort of their own home. To find out more about their products and accessories, check them out at RobinPatrice.com. That's R-O-B-B-I-N-P-A-T-R-I-C-E.com, where homemade is the new black and the official sponsors of this week's Coach's Chatter segment. One of our missions in producing a segment such as this is to offer further exposure to great men and women coaches in our area from various schools who aren't always afforded media attention. Since we've been on the air, it's allowed us to meet some outstanding people who you probably only see as coaches at athletic events. Many of these same men and women play a larger role in the lives of our student-athletes. This week, we got a chance to sit down with the man who's a product of Chicago High School basketball and bringing Crane basketball back to its glory days. We introduce you to Alonzo Crowder, our special guest on the H2S2 Coaches Chatter. 
High School Holla. Joining us on this edition of Coach's Chatter is the head basketball coach of Crane Medical High School, Cougars, Alonzo Crowder. Welcome to the Coach's Chatter. Uh, thank you for having me, Ramsey. I really appreciate it. It's been a long time coming for us to kind of get together and, and, and have a conversation. Yeah, we've been talking about this for a while. Coach Crowder, we like to sometimes start by asking our coaches to share a bit of their high school experience with us. Because, you know, student-athletes forget coaches went to high school, too. Well, I went to uh, actually Chicago Hills Franciscan High School, right, located right on 49th and Cottage Grove. Got an opportunity to play for a legendary coach and Coach Lou Thorpe over at North Lawndale. And he taught me a lot about the game. He was one of the first coaches to really invest in me. And it was also the, for one of the first coaches to, to let me know that I would actually have a career in coaching. Wasn't blessed necessarily with a whole lot of, you know, athletic ability, but uh, I was cerebral on the floor, great point guard, knew how to get individuals involved. And so I just kind of played to my strengths, played alongside some really great talent at Hales. I'm sure the basketball community knows a lot about what Hales has done over a multitude of years. So, yeah, I mean, I was a player. I played, you know, college basketball as well at, at a D3, uh, Overland College. In Ohio, I've been afforded some things uh, through, through through the game of basketball for sure. When was it that you knew that you wanted to become a coach? You know what? I kind of just fell into it. Again, another legendary coach and Gary London. I got invited back to do some teaching at Hales, and he just thought that it would be a great idea for me to take over the freshman program. And so he just kind of instilled that confidence in me that I could be a coach. He's always felt that I was a coach on the floor when I was a player as well. He coached me in high school as well, too. That being said, it was just that opportunity given, and uh, I just fell in love with it. Just fell in love with coaching from that moment talked about Coach Thorpe, Coach London. Were there any other coaching influences? Not really. Uh, it, those were the two main like sort of staples in terms of my coaching career. I feel like my coaching philosophy has a lot of what they taught me, but it's also have a lot of what my, my college coach taught me. I played for Sat Sullinger. So Jerry Sullinger's dad uh, was my coach in college. So a lot of my coach philosophy kind of stems from what, what he taught me um, during my time at Oberlin. Share with us your first coaching position and what led you all the way to Crane. Well, my first head coaching job was at a, a small school called Solorio Academy uh, High School. And, you know, it was just an opportunity for me to step out on my own. I had been at Hills as a, a freshman coach, a sophomore coach, assistant varsity coach for over 11 years. So I invested a lot in Hills, and I just felt like it was time for me to really test my coaching ability and, and really go out and try to run a program. That position became open once uh, Corey Bradford, who's the assistant at Simeon, left for that position over there I just did my search found a position I knew Corey was over there so I had been talking to him and it just was a nice opportunity to sort of propel me into my head coaching career so I spent two years there it was great you know we turned the program around brought some visibility to the program with a, a kid by the name of Khalil Whitney uh, who's a star prep uh, athlete now in New Jersey he was kind of my he was my staple you know uh, everybody kind of attached me and him to Together. And so uh, that really got me my opportunity at Crane. You know, I had some relationships over there, but for the most part, it was the work that I'd done on being able to really offer student athletes a multi-dimensional experience in terms of good education, 
and athletics. That was something that that administration at Crane was really interested in. And so uh, I interviewed there. A lot of stiff competition. A lot of great coaches went after that Crane job. But uh, my administration thought that I was the best fit for what they were trying to do uh, collectively. And so I landed myself a job at Crane. What was your vision at Crane? What was the vision you had? It's interesting that you asked me that. I really felt like my vision was to restore, right? Like, I felt like Crane had so much rich tradition, so much history. You know, 19 Division I uh, prospects came out of Crane. While I felt like there was some level of separation with the medical track, I still felt like it's still Crane, though. We just changed our educational track, but it's still Crane, and I wanted to restore. So that was my big vision, was like, how can we get people reinvested in Crane and what we've done over so many years in Chicago, over 11 uh, city titles. You just don't forget about a place like that. You know what I mean? So that was my big vision. I, I, I really start to chunk away kind of using that strategy to re-engage the basketball community and uh, get everybody excited about Crane again. Well, you're absolutely correct about that, Coach, the rich tradition of Crane. And when we're talking about coaching, there's some challenges that come behind that. What are some of the challenges you experienced as a coach? Well, I would just speak specifically to my first year at Crane. And, it, you know, it's a lot of the naysayers that, that said that Crane wouldn't come back. You know, I heard that, right? Like, Crane's not going to come back because of our medical track. A lot of kids wouldn't be interested in going there. And we just wouldn't be able to restore our tradition. And I thought that was a huge challenge to be able to go have to face parents of student-athletes, other coaches in the business who may negatively go against what we're doing at Crane to make make their program seem better. So those were huge challenges, but when you know, when God's in a mix, I mean, I just really believe that it, you, you can't be stopped. You know what I mean? You can you can negatively go against what we're trying to do, but when God's a part of your plan, it didn't stop anything. We still were able to overcome those challenges of negative sort of advertisement, if you will. And we're going to talk a little bit more about the crane season, but when there's challenges, there are also some rewards. And what are some of those that you've experienced as a coach? You know what? It's interesting to watch us go from seven wins, right? So Crane, when they did the transition, they didn't win a game for two years. In 2013 is when they made the transition and phased out sort of the technical part of Crane and then introduced the medical part. So there are a lot of things happening within a community. And so a lot of kids started not to be able to, to go there. They didn't have access because it's a magnet school now. So you have to kind of show results in, in the classroom and stuff like that. So a lot of kids didn't want to go to Crane. Program suffered. They went 0-24 two years, and I took over. We won seven games, and, I, and it was seven games of just highly competitive basketball. We put a young team on the floor. We pretty much had freshmen and sophomores playing a tremendous amount of minutes, and I was proud of winning those seven games. I, I was proud of it. We won our first regional game. And that hadn't been done since 2013. That was, for me, a bonus. And then, like I said, I knew we had the ingredients. So it was about us doing the hard work that come this summer. And we did the hard work. And it led us to 10-plus more victories the next year. I mean, we had a lot of things that we we were proud about. And, I mean, it's that 7-16 and 16 season 
that got us going to do what we did with a conference championship, with a regional championship, winning 10 plus more games than we won the year before. I'm really ecstatic about what we've done in, a, in two years. And when you talk about the rewards, we know that coaches often teach student athletes quite a bit. Now, as a coach, have you learned anything from these players? Well, I, I learned a lot. I learned how to how to stay young, how to stay loose. Because, <laughs> you know, you got to have some fun. You know, this is a high-stress position. Everybody's watching. Everybody's waiting for you to make a mistake. Everybody's waiting for you to fail. And my kids did a great job this year keeping me young, keeping me energized. I think the great part about our summer is that we spent a lot of time together and, and really built that community and that family. And like it was just something about this summer that I knew we were going to be good. It's something Gary London used to always say. We have indicator markers. When you know you got a good team, it's like certain things start to happen. The chemistry, you jail, you're spending a lot of time together and guys getting to know each other. And I saw some incredible bonds get formed within our team setting. What I did was I threw myself into that. I, I got it. I got to the level of the kids, right? Like it, it really helped because I'm I'm a I'm a type A when it comes to basketball. Like I'm I'm diplomatic and everything else in my my work life and things like that. But when it comes to basketball, like I'm type A. I'm always on my kids and pushing them towards excellence. And you know I had to realize like I gotta stay young, man. I gotta stay young. So. Let me let me try to connect with them, and I, and I did a good job this year of like really connecting with my players. And when we talk about the the years that you've coached and over the years, describe to us your greatest coaching moment. Honestly, I'm not even gonna lie. My greatest coaching moment was the conference uh, championship game and the way my kids executed. I was just overjoyed with so much emotion. I would say that was equivalent to that regional because it's like you just took a gigantic step as a head coach and as a program. I was doing that with my coaches because I talked to them so much about my assistant coaches have been great and I talked to them a lot about my experiences at Hales and being an assistant coach and winning state titles and being a part of that and getting the opportunity to to draw up game winning plays and Gary giving me that platform and I talked to them and I, I told them I said I'm going to get you guys a regional this year we're going to get a regional this year and I want you to experience what I experienced it's those two moments where I just emotionally I was just overjoyed man like it, it was a huge stepping stone because it was it was about people saying that we couldn't do it that we, we wouldn't be good enough and that program to break through and my kids to shine, my assistant coaches to shine and be proud of our accomplishment is my, my greatest moment. Coach, as a head coach, you're the spotlight. Everybody wants to criticize and all that. But talk about these group of men and what it takes to choose good assistant coaches. You know what? I had two guys come with when I took the job at Crane. These guys were with me at Solorio. So they were with me when I had enough, right? When we were just an average ball club at Solorio in year one. Year two, we got a little bit better. We brought a lot of spotlight to Solorio. And I just reached out to those guys because I watched their work with those young men at Solorio. And I decided, I said, you know what? Let me give you guys the opportunity to come with me and help me build this at Crane. They both, Alex Mays and Ben Rubin, they said yes. Now what's interesting is Anthony Smith was already at Crane. So he was a part of that, the old coaching staff. I was speaking with administration when I took the job. They really wanted me to keep this guy aboard because they felt like he had
had connections with the kids and the program and he just was an overall good guy and I look for high character guys. I also look for guys who can follow my lead but also take the lead and these men showed me that from day one. They showed me that from day one. They have been a blessing to the program. They have some, some of the strongest relationships with our kids and that's what I look for in assistant coaches because if I'm the heavy, somebody in the program, they got to be able to connect to. We all can't be the same. So I, you know, I definitely got a diverse group of men and I got family men. You know, I'm married. Coach, Coach Smitty is recently married. Maze and Ben, they're committed relationships. We're, we're family men. We're dads. We're husbands. And that's important. When you send your kids to train, this is what you're getting. You're getting the family atmosphere. You're getting dads that's wrapping around your son and being an extension of what you're doing at home. That's the type of man that I want in my program. Since we've been talking, let's talk about that Cougars boys basketball season. How would you describe that ride this year? <laughs> it was a it was a ride. We knew coming into this year we were going to be ultra competitive. We knew that. It was, could we put it together? And we dropped our first three. Limbloom, one point. Dusabo, one point. And then we had another tough loss. And it was just like, what's going on? Like, we, we're better than this. How come we can't close out games? And so I think going through those experiences kind of set us up because we understood what it took to win the close ones. And then we went into Jones and we won and we kicked off a winning streak like five or six, seven games in a row. It was just going through those difficult times that got us to the place that we were at. And I think we played a great schedule. That's the other thing. We played a great schedule. Our conference was competitive. Hats off to Michelle Clark, Al Raby. We went into those environments. We learned a lot about how to win. Let me be clear. We learned how to win under duress. When I talk about kids, fans on the floor, in your face, our guys show so much composure in those environments. Those small gym type of Small gyms, they give you a real feel of how to stay focused, how to execute the game plan. And I always told people, if you want to play Crane, if I'm the other team, I'm saying let us play Crane at home where we're distracted. Because when we're on the road, we're focused and it's like we're hard to beat on the road. And that was the other thing. We were a great road team this year. So I think this year has just showed me a lot about the character on my team, the integrity that was on my team, just the grit, the determination that was on my team. Those guys just brought it. This was a great year. Our year has been defined about what people have said we cannot do, that we don't have the players. We can't do this. Crane is a medical school. That's not a basketball school. Our year has really been defined by defeating the odds, really. Let's talk about this young group of young guns. Yeah, we, we got a young core, but those seniors were huge. Highland Harris specifically, I mean, he was all area. He was all city, honorable mention. And what's funny, and, and the listeners going to laugh in amazement because what's interesting, Highland Harris has only played one year of basketball, interscholastically. He has only played one year of high school basketball. Come on, Coach. One, one year? One year. You would have never seen the type of experience at that semifinal round. I mean, he was balling out. Yeah, he's been doing that all year. I mean, he's had five or six 30-point-plus games on a year. I mean, he's been doing it all year for us. An incredible shooter. Terrell Owsley, he's just been a workhorse. He's done all of the small things that we needed on the floor. He's played in the paint. He's played physical. That's a kid that's a four-year guy, meaning he's been with Crane since it turned over that new leaf and became a medical track. He's been there since day one. He was a part of that 0-24, two seasons, losing seasons. And to watch that kid 
did in his career the way he ended it i couldn't be more happier for him to watch him to be sort of overjoyed filled with emotion after that regional championship game was completely amazing to watch him and that transformation and i always preach this to my kids don't come back the same player you were the year before man that kid came back a totally different player he was a stretch four shot 44% from three this year. He has proven time and time again that he's willing to work. He's a great student in the classroom, 1070 on the SAT. I mean, he's just a great kid. I really had a good group of kids. Great group, come from great families. What other roles do you play in these kids' lives? Well, the biggest thing is that I look at myself as a mentor. Mentor first, but also I'm a teacher. I've actually had some real experience teaching. I was a a teacher at Hales, and that's my coaching philosophy. Coaching and teaching are synonymous. I mean, every opportunity I have to teach kids life lessons and skills and help them build upon those skills, uh, that's what I'm here to do. But I'm also here to listen. I'm also here to provide you with some advice and counsel. That's what my role is. And when you're struggling with something, I want to make sure that that door is open. That's how I view my role outside of ranting, raving up and down sideline, getting after guys, is literally being a mentor, being a teacher. My final basketball question for you about this season. I was going up against Coach Lewis Thorpe <laughs> at, the, at, at the sectional. <laughs> uh, you know, listen, man, Thorpe is a mentor. He's a father figure. He's always been that for me. And first man that taught me how to play chess. I mean, he has just done so much for my career. And it was just like an amazement. Funny story. I was talking to Patrick Miller, who is a, a Hales Franciscan, you know, all-state guard guy that I've worked with for so many years and coach. And I was telling him, hey, man, we're getting ready to go up the state. I think it's a good opportunity that I'm, I'm actually <laughs> coach against my mentor to a coach story he was like man that's gonna be crazy coach i said yeah ain't it i really wanted to beat him i really wanted to beat him i got i really wanted to beat him i i it would have been just epic it would have been legendary it was just did so much for my coaching brand but he had some tricks up his sleeve that i could i couldn't answer he had some tough players over there that and he had some seniors and, and i think that's the big thing that i learned from being in that game is when you have some seniors that have been through the wars that's ready to perform at, a, at an all-time high. Those are the guys that are going to get it done for you. And I feel like they got it done for him because I feel like strategy-wise, I was right there with him. I was right there with him, but I feel like he just had a player that can make a player two more than we did. Have you talked since? I saw, I went to the Farragut game and uh, I just, I saw him and we just both said, hey, and kind of, he gave me that, that look he always give. And I said, next year. <laughs> <laughs> I said next year, I'm, I'm coming for you. We're going to do a little rapid fire here. If you weren't coaching basketball, what other sport would you coach? I think I would coach football. If I wasn't coaching basketball, I think I would coach football. What would be your dream coaching job? Oh, wow. Outside of high school. Outside of high school? And for a long time, I really wanted to I wanted to coach college basketball. I didn't necessarily have a particular program that I would wanted to, wanted to coach, but dream job would be coaching at one of my favorite schools growing up, Michigan, University of Michigan. The worst loss you've ever suffered as a coach. The worst loss that I've ever suffered. It was this year. 
It was to a great Peoria Notre Dame team. Oh my God. I mean, when I tell you that coach was so, he was prepared. His guys were so disciplined. It just reminded me just an old Catholic school game, man. And he just, I mean, he zoned us. Oh my God. We, I mean, we couldn't get no drive. We couldn't get any driving lanes. I think we ended up losing about 25 points that game, man. And it, I mean, they were just so efficient. And I think that was the worst loss of the year in my coaching career. I've never got beat like that. Best coaching advice you were given? Trust the process. Trust the process. And I know it's cliche, but like when I took the Solorio job, because I had won so much at Hales, being under Gary London, and I coached so many. I coached JaVale McGee, Nate Manoy, Patrick Miller, Jamie Adams, Jerome Randall, Aaron Armstead, Eric Armstead. I mean, all these high caliber Division One players to go from that to coaching a team in the blue. I had so many people tell me, good coaches say, you have to trust this process. You got to go through the hard times. You got to struggle through this in order to achieve something great. All right, well, the best coaching advice you as a coach had to give somebody. Um, Don't say trust the process. That would be cheating. That would be cheating, but you know what? I, I always tell my, my sophomore coach it's important for him to be more assertive and more demanding of his players. Since I've had him on my staff, he's had winning seasons. So it's not like he's losing, but I always want him to demand more, demand perfection. Don't give kids an out to not achieve greatness. And so that's the advice I've always given him. So I didn't use trust the process, but that is one that I always give to him. I'm a young eighth grade baller and I live in the Crane community. Why should I come to Crane and play for you? Because you're going to get taught the right way. That's the number one thing we talk to student athletes about is that my job is to prepare you for your next steps in four years. Your goal is to enter in a specific way and leave very differently. And, and, and I mean as a total player in person. But you should never come in a program and leave the same way. Kids improve when they leave me. They improve. They get better. That's the whole idea is that when you come into Coach Crowder's program, a crane program, you're going to get better better every single year. You're going to get coached the right way. You're going to get coached hard. We're going to demand perfection. And any real basketball player wants that. We're trying to show them that hard work is everything, grinding for what you want, and then going out there and putting it on the floor. Any kid that wants that type of environment, I feel like Crane has got to be the place that you would want to be. And on top of that, our icing on the cake, our academics. Our kids get afforded so many opportunities. I'm talking about internships, the Shula Scholars Program. I mean, they get opportunities. They get to go to Malcolm X and earn college credits. What kid don't want to take advantage of that? You're getting a, a duality here because so, you're getting both. And that's the best part about Crane. Coach, I'm going to give you an opportunity. What would you say to and about the Crane administration and the Crane fan base? I think we, we talked about this in post-game interview, but I mean, our fans have really came, showed up, showed out. Our administration has had my back from day one. They've supported every sort of ambition that I've had, even when I'm pushing the envelope. And they like, come on, coach, you got to you got to give us you got to scale back. I know you want it all, but you got to you got to scale back. But I think they see the the fire and the passion and 
when I first took the job, they told me that they wanted basketball to be back at Crane and they wanted that to drive the culture and the climate of that building. And that's something that I really cling to and that's something that I really wanted to make sure it happened. I wanted people to be excited about Crane basketball and that's what I, I dedicated everything to and that's what I'm continuing to dedicate everything to. But our administration has done everything for us. They've bent over backward for us as a program and uh, we couldn't be more appreciative of what they've done for us. We know that this thing gonna get bigger. Uh, this thing gonna get bigger and our fan base is uh, gonna get bigger and the alumni are gonna start to come out. We had alumni out, of, out at our games uh, in the state playoffs and that was a great feeling. Coach, we really appreciate you joining us. You're right, it was long overdue. And you see, I had a whole lot of questions. <laughs> but man, I, I enjoy talking to you. It's truly a pleasure to sit here and have you on the Coach's Channel. Coach, thank you for being on Coach's Channel. Thank you for having me. Appreciate you. High School Holler. Man, what a great time it was sitting down with Coach Alonzo Crowder. Good brother doing some good things there at Crane Medical High School, home of the Cougars. Remember to support area high school coaches and their athletic programs. Hey, Coach Crowder also hooked me and a wife up with a new place to go eat, man, over there. Ain't she sweet? We want to thank them for allowing us to conduct this interview there at their restaurant on East 43rd Street. Now, when we come back, we're going to continue with our newest segment on elementary athletics. The ones to watch. It's coming up next on the High School Holler Sports Show. They are role models and educators. Their work requires a great deal of time and energy for very little pay. Who are these unsung heroes? Thanks, Coach. Thanks, Coach. The simple truth about education-based athletics in Illinois is this. Without a committed team of coaches and administrators, they just wouldn't be possible. School sports, they bring out the best in all of us. This message presented by the Illinois High School Association and the Illinois Athletic Directors Association. Welcome back to the H2S2 show. A few weeks ago, we introduced you to two coaches that talked with us regarding coaching on an elementary school level and the importance of supporting the CPS score elementary school athletic program. Since that interview, we've decided that one of the best ways we can offer our support is by producing a segment we like to call the ones to watch. In this segment, we'll focus on the development of elementary school athletics from across the city of Chicago. We'll also feature some of the elementary schools that compete in various CPS score events, as well as we'll meet the men and women involved in coaching and training the future athletes headed to the next level of competition in high school. This segment will also inform you about those area high schools that serve as host schools to many of the CPS score events so that you will know what schools are possibly near by you to consider when it's time for your child to attend high school. Joining us this week from Irvin C. Mullison Elementary School as our guest on our second edition of The Ones to Watch, our principal, Dr. Valencia Hudson Barnes, and head girls basketball coach, Kristen Edwards of the Mullison Hawkeyes. Welcome to the H2S2 Ones to Watch. 
High School Holla. Joining us this week is our special guest, our principal and head coach of Irvin C. Molson Elementary School, home of the Hawkeyes. We'd like to welcome principal Dr. Valencia hudson Barnes and coach Kristen Edwards. Today's 2S2 show. Well, good afternoon, all. Good afternoon. This is Dr. Barnes, the proud principal of the Hawkeyes, home of the Hawkeyes, home of the champions. Hello, everyone. Oh, I like this already. She already put it out there, home of the champions. Let's start with you, Dr. Barnes. If I'm a parent who has an athletic child and looking for a school to attend, why consider Irvin C. Molson? Well, we would consider coming to Irvin C. Mollison because we are the school, like we said, we're home of the champions. We believe in academics. We are learners today, leaders tomorrow. What better way to start with being a part of a team? CPS Score is a wonderful program that they implemented for the elementary level. So now our students do not have to wait to high school. They get that training early. And we believe in student athletes. The key word, student athlete. So we make sure our students are doing well in the school, both academically and behaviorally, and then they will be able to qualify and become eligible to play sports for our school and support our school. Now, does Mollison Elementary partner with any anyone in terms of that, like athletic camps or events that take place? Well, very good question. We are now going to start that because we saw CPS score first. I'm this first year principal here, so I, I wanted to see what's happening, and then CPS score is new as well to me. So first year principal, first year with CPS score. So I'm looking forward to having camps and partnering with other schools. In addition to that, being a coach myself, being a product of having a daughter as well as a husband who played Division One sports, high school sports, elementary school sports, they're going to come and support the program as well. So I'm going to even bring in people from the community as well as people that know what's happening to support. We don't want our students to have to pay anything. We want everyone to bring back, sponsor us. So we're talking about camps and we're talking about definitely partnering with other schools. I'm, we're conducting this interview in your office. And everyone who knows Stephen Spoon Rams, you know I am a HBCU graduate and graduate of Florida A&M University. And I can't say enough about the list of colleges. I wish you guys were here joining us that you have on here. How are you educating the kids about their decision at a high school level? Great question. So we believe in being college and career ready. High school is a step. And so in elementary school, we're making sure they're ready for college. Because in, in this day and age, we are not just going to be high school graduates. Come doctors, lawyers, and we're pushing that. So in our building, we push college and career. So yes, we have high school fairs, college tours, and yes, I push college and career readiness with my HBCU board because, again, we want to push that. And our students need to know that they can go to an academic center, higher level of students that look like them, like-minded individuals that would excel. Again, African-American people. And that is a wonderful thing. So we push. Where do you want to go? What do you want to be? In order to know what you want to be, you have to know if you're going to be an engineer, you need to know that the school for high school that will prepare you and then it will the trail to high school and college will, will fall in line. But you have to know what you're going to be to even start with high school now because there are programs, culinary arts, you have vocational schools, you have different programs. So we need to start on the same level. So we now push, what do you want to do? What do you want to be? So career. And then we go into the college piece. Oh, I love that. I love that aspect. Now, one last final question uh, before we talk about that championship girls Hawkeye 
my team, what can parents and the community around Irving C. Mollison do in support of what your efforts and your staff efforts here? Yeah, well, since it's new, I noticed that our girls feel good about how they look. We want to start with getting those kind of uniforms. So we need that. We want to look good. They're playing well. So if they look good, they feel good, that'll make them even play better and have that high self-esteem. Because we push the image and we push the esteem. So supporting with uniform, equipment, basketballs, making sure we have places to play when the school is closed, in the summer, a safe haven. We partner with Metropolitan at night once a week, but we want to make sure we have place for the summer. So if anyone knows any institutions, any facilities, we welcome that. And again, like I said, um, our students and our kids, we want to start even on the younger level. We don't want to wait to fifth and sixth grade, even the younger students so they can be prepared. Our kids suffer, um, especially in our neighborhoods, they suffer with not being able to have the funds for AAU programs like other people can do. And it's and it's sad, but if we can provide certain services for them free, that would be great. We want to give them the same exposure that other people can, and we don't want finances to stop them. And we want them to be able to have the opportunity because when they go to that good high school and they get that Division One scholarship to college, they don't have to pay a cent. So why not invest in our children now so they can be able to be a part of that HBCU or whatever program to be able to be those champions even on the college level. And just for our parents and listeners who are hearing this show right now and hearing this interview and want to immediately find ways to give back, how can they do so? Well, we have a website, Irving C. Mollison. They can just Google and our website pops up or they can join us here right at the school like a lot of people do to support us. 4415 South King Drive. We're right there in the Bronzeville area. I have an open door policy, so I'm one of those principals that embrace community partnerships and I embrace the support for our children. Dr. Barnes, I can't let you go without talking about this awesome girls basketball team. I saw the championship plaque sitting out right outside. I know you just mentioned earlier in the interview your first year and already a championship plaque sits outside. That is huge. That feels good because we want them to get that win and learning and teaching and now winning. So it felt good. Our girls have come a long way. A lot of them haven't had the exposure. This was their first year being a part of a team. It was no IA team with this Mollison team. They actually worked together. Girls who couldn't shoot were able to shoot. So I saw the growth in them, and I have to give credit to Coach Edwards. She is a dynamite coach who has experienced high school, college as well. And so we are proud that um, she coached them, but they were disciplined. And that takes a lot. They worked hard. They were hungry. They fought. And they had great sportsmanship at the end of the day and that's what's important too that's huge and that team was quite that they were a humble group a hungry group and now they're a winning group yeah thank you dr bonds now let's talk to the head coach of the girls basketball team coach Kristen edwards you gotta be proud you guys are champions i am very proud because it's been a long journey we started off with a rough season like it was really rough no wins Two forfeits, they got us wins that put us in the playoffs. When the girls first got to me, they didn't have no skill sets whatsoever. They never played organized ball or anything, but in the end, in results, they came together, they learned how to play together. They picked up on their skills, they dribbling, they defense, they offense, they shooting. They overall became a better team playing together. Real product of a CPS school, Dunbar. Yes, I actually went to Mollison as well. I played basketball my eighth grade year here, and then I played for Dunbar. I had two coaches, Coach Wheeler and Coach Cash. Those were my coaches in high school. I also did volleyball, 
cheerleading. I was always athletic. <laughs> well, take us back and tell us about some of the experiences from playing with Mollison, playing at Dunbar, that you share with your girls to get them prepared. Some of the things I share with them is that just know that not all the time everybody on your team you are going to get along with. You have to suck that up and get along with everybody because at the end of the day, you guys are a team. There's no I in team. It's a group activity thing. And don't one person win no game. I had to learn that the hard way because at one point in time, I felt like my point guard was a ball hog. Like, I really did until, like, you know, I see from her point of view, she got a lot of pressure under her. She had to bring the ball up the court. She had to be able to be aware of everything that's going on on the court. Me, I played that one position down below, so I'm just focused on getting the ball, trying to make my layup, stuff like that. Hard for the girls to adjust to that teamwork. Yes, it was because all of them so used to individually doing their own thing. They never did a structural sport. They never played a game together. Some of them never even played ball at all. So it was kind of hard. Talk about some of the challenges you faced in coaching these girls this year who had limited skill set, as you mentioned earlier. Um, some of the challenges I faced was the equipment. Like, we need better equipment to work on. Um, the support, not just from... The, the students where their peers we also need support from parents the staff I think that'll be a huge difference with us becoming better players and better people in general because when you feel like you got that support you become more positive you think more positive when did you see the change in the girls in the season when you saw and said man I think these girls really want to win this championship it was after the last preseason game we played Wadsworth, and it was a lot of pushing and shoving, and pretty much they were really ready to fight. But me and the other coach, we got both the teams together, and we talked to them about, you know, at the end of the day, when y'all go off to high school, you might play with this young lady. It's a physical sport. You can't get mad when somebody accidentally tackle you to the floor. You know, I'm just being honest. And like, after that game, when they came for the conference championship, it was like, oh my God. I said, y'all had great sportsmanship. Y'all worked together. I was so proud, I wanted to cry. I was like, oh my God, I can't believe y'all pulled it together. I said, did you guys have a conversation amongst each other before you guys came here? They was like, no. I was like, oh. Me yelling at y'all every day in practice, that's what got y'all together. They said, yeah, coach. Yeah, I was like, okay. I'm loving it. I'm loving it. I like that. I like to hear that story. I really do. Now, you talked about the two coaches you played on. What did you learn from them to enable you to coach these girls? Well, I know when I played ball in high school, I had a very horrible attitude when it came to people trying to tell me things. At the end of the day, they were right. You can't get mad when people criticize you on certain things. You have to learn how to take constructive criticism. That's going to take you through life, at your jobs, all type of stuff. You have to learn to deal with it. And that's one of the things I most definitely learned from my coach. And I use that in my everyday life. Seriously, I don't get upset when people try to tell me something when I already know how to do it. I, I don't get upset, I just listen. Came back to your, I guess in the elementary school, we can call it an alma mater. How did that feel for you coming back here to be a coach? It actually feels great because I see that I'm making a difference with these girls. Not only am I teaching them how to be young ladies and respect themselves, but I'm teaching them how to work together with 
with others. And that's what we like in black communities. Do any of your girls ever ask you about the next level? Ask you about what it's like in high school? And, and if so, what do you share with them? Yes, I do. I tell them, right now you're just playing with kids that's in your area. When you go off to high school, you got kids coming from out west, up north, all over. And they probably have, have more experience playing ball. AAU or just community centers they go to to play. I say when you get to these high schools that you have to step it up to be more competitive because these girls, they want it just like you, but they have the mindset to be competitive for what they want. Y'all have to step it up and be more competitive. Not like being competitive where, ooh, you don't like her, but to focus on your skills to get better and succeed. You mentioned uh, briefly what our listeners can do about the equipment, the places. What else can our listeners do to help support what you're trying to do with these girls and girls basketball in general? I pretty much just need that support. Like when we do fundraisers, just come out, support that way. Come to the game, support the school in this community, support that way. Overall, just help try to build the school back up. That way we can have a great support system as far as with the sports, academics, all over. What did you tell those girls when they handed you that championship plaque? I told them that I was very proud of them. I was very serious and that they came a long way and they worked very hard to get to where they were. When we was advancing to the regional championship, I said even if y'all lost in the regional championship, you should never feel defeated because you guys came a long way from having no skills to having some skills to your attitudes improving and you respecting the other team and all type of stuff. I say you guys did a phenomenal job. Coach Edwards, share with us some of the rewards you received from coaching this season. Some of the awards I received as, as a coach and coaching young females is the opportunity to be a role model for them. That's a big reward, you know, and for me to make a difference and be able to support them when they don't have support, that's a big blessing. So, Coach Edwards, what would you want to say to Irvin C. Mullison Elementary School fan base and faculty and family? Um, I want to say I appreciate Mullison giving me the opportunity to coach the girls here and that my girls did a well job and to keep up the good work and stay focused, not only academically, but on their sports and good sportsmanship and just overall have a better and positive attitude and just to have more parents in the community just to come out and support the, the girls, support the school, not just the girls because we have boys that play as well. Just support. All right, well, thank you for joining us on The Ones to Watch. And is it possible to say back-to-back? -back? It's possible to say back-to-back. -back. <laughs> All right, congratulations and thank you. Thank you. High School Holla. Thanks again to Irvin C. Mullison, Principal Dr. Valencia Hudson-Barnes and girls basketball coach Kristen Edwards for joining us on our second edition of The Ones to Watch. Can't say it enough. We encourage those of you in the community of Irvin C. Mullison Elementary School to come out and support the efforts of the staff there and the young elementary student-athletes who are participating in athletics, representing the Hawkeyes. And we just want you to look for more things to come from the CPS score program. The athletic director, Desire Wheeler, is doing an outstanding job in putting this together. 
and it really needs to support uh, the city of Chicago and the communities within the city to lift these young student-athletes up so they can strive to be at their best. Stay with us. More to come on the High School Holler Sports Show. Are you looking for ways to reach new audiences and increase your clientele? Then let Urban Fieldhouse Media help you. We provide great packages that will allow your business to grow by serving as one of our sponsorship partners with any of our shows, such as the one you are listening to now. If you are interested in becoming a sponsorship partner, please contact Urban Fieldhouse Media at 312-772-5003 or by email at info at urbanfieldhousemedia.com for further information on our rate packages. We have opportunities for all size businesses, both local and national to grow by reaching diverse audiences through our creative programming. So join us today and let's grow together. Hey family, thank you for sharing another Saturday with us. Before we let you go, here's a few things we want you to know. Starting with the 2018 Chicago Public League Indoor Track Championships will take place tomorrow at UIC Henry Crown Fieldhouse. Tomorrow morning at Sunday, go out there, support our area high school student athletes. Also, if you're an area high school coach or an organization within our Chicago area that are hosting training camps or events that help Chicago student athletes, let us know. We'll be sure to mention it and get the word out as a part of our mission to keep the children safe from the streets while learning to become better athletes. We'd like to say a special thanks, as always, to those who are joining us on this week's show. Coach Tyrone Slaughter from Whitney Young, Alonzo Crowder from Crane, Principal Dr. Valencia Hudson-Barnes, and girls basketball coach Kristen Edwards from Irvin C. Mullison Elementary School to the King Jaguar standout, Marcus Liberty, along with the shining stars of the game of the week from Whitney Young, the seniors, Javon Freeman, Justin Boyd, and Xavier Castaneda. Prayers and blessings out to the Morgan Park Mustangs and the Whitney Young Dolphins competing for back-to-back state championships in boys basketball in both class 3A and 4A. The Morgan Park Mustangs will be tipping it off in a moment now, and we want to wish them the best of luck. Two of the elite boys programs out of the public league and the city of Chicago. Thank you to all of our show partners and segments sponsors who make it all possible for us to bring you the best show covering high school sports in the city of Chicago. We want to hear from you as always on our social media. Holler at us on Facebook, Twitter, and Snapchat. Make sure you look for us on the Urban Fieldhouse. If you're on Facebook, give us a thumbs up on our Facebook page, the High School Holler Sports Show. Remember, you can always listen to a post of this broadcast along with many other past shows and segments on our website urbanfieldhousemedia.com you can subscribe to us on iTunes our podcast and follow us on SoundCloud search for us under the name Urban Fieldhouse Media young people here's your quote of the week winning is not everything but making the effort to win is holla back next week and let's do it again every Saturday family as always God loves you and we do too until next Saturday High School Holla.